Power Playthrough, a Ranger Review podcast. We are coming to you live from the Ranger Room in Mammoth King Studios in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Dan. I'm Freddie. And you were just waving like a wacky waving inflatable arm tube man right there. Well, or Kermiting. Yeah? Yeah. Kermiting. You know what? Oh, yeah. Well, that stuff. Yeah. The, well, you know. yeah flopping yeah. around like a, like a, yeah. like for lack of a better word, a Muppet. <laughs> I guess it's already been said, it's already been said best. Yes, a Muppet. So that's what I was doing. Die Ranger is the best show that we've <laughs> reviewed so far. Yeah, it's really good. It's awesome. Another hero came forth. Yes, is this episode to start us off in this block? Originally aired September the twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three. All right, so. Start off, shot him talking to the uh, the four. What are they called again? The four the, priests. The pre- four priests. Yeah, the the yeah the directional priests. The, the, the priests the, of the, the heavenly direction. The compass monks. Yes, the compass monks. Um, and he's he's talking to him. He's like, I know how y'all been simmering about that defeat you had at the hands of the Die Rangers. Now's your chance to get back at him. He's basically kind of like hyping him up. And uh, they enact a ritual. We see this mask. This really cool, like kind of like Oni Kabuki looking mask. Yeah. And the eyes glow red, sinister. Mm-hmm. Very similar to... Uh, to a skull that we saw a couple times a, a season ago. Somewhere else, maybe on a moon. Uh, but yeah, like it glows and... Alright, looks like bad news. Yeah. Outside of Gorma activity, though. Yeah. Kameo, he's uh, he's running away into a building, and the crystal he's, keeps he's, chasing him. The crystal is on him, dude. Like, he's, it is it is following him everywhere. Yeah, he ducks into a room, and he, like, jumps out the window, and as soon as he comes in, Kazu's kind of like, Kameo, and he turns around and just punches Kazu in the face. Yeah, yeah they collide, yeah. and... And uh, he's like, what are, you, what are you doing? What's going on? And then he witnesses Cameo turn into a turtle. Yeah, because the crystal comes and touches him. Yeah. Turns him into a tiny turtle. Yeah. And uh, then he goes back, and then he runs some more from the crystal. Yeah. And, like, I think we get, I think it's right here, we get this cool, like, shot, this very well-done shot of, like, some kind of silver orb art installation. In no. Sil- is that not right here? No, 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 no. Where, where because it goes this, there, too? No, because this is where he runs in. And the the four monks kind of surround him, and they put their little, like, staff to his neck. And Kazu comes in for the battle, and he transforms, and he starts fighting, but he's kind of... Well, yeah, he, he falls he's, on his he's back. Fighting, he's fighting the four, and Shadam enters. In amazing drunken style, and, like, he comes down on his back, and we get this shot of, yeah. uh, like... What's get, that all up my back? He, Dirt, you know, like because it's he, like he does this really cool uh, tumble through onto his back, flip back, like it's really athletic. 
but when he stands up and we get a shot from behind his back, it's just filthy. Absolutely filthy from just hitting the, the park. Yes. Um, but he gets overwhelmed by the... Well, before this, Shadam shows up. Right, right. Shot. And he does this, like, drop your weapon. He's like, yeah. no, and he goes, drop your weapon. Or we're going to kill Kamio. That's right. They So one monk has a Kamio with... Uh, he has a staff to him, like, yeah. on his neck, holding him in place. So Kazu drops his weapon, but then he... He pulls takes, out his, like, little dagger, and he just throws it at them. Yeah, he throws it at the monk holding Kamio, and then he charges them, charges them again. They overwhelm him and they kind of like do this cool they get him up against a tree they cross staves on his neck and then they eat each uh, monk holding a staff steps on one of his foot feet steps on his foot Ste- steps steps on his foot and they just hold him there pinned shot comes up with that mask and yeah places it over him he goes join us kazu and he puts and, it on his face and he he uh demorphs yeah he powers down and he's like Freaking out with the mask on. Yeah, there's like energy flying off it and stuff like that. It, it's the, yeah. At that point, the other Die Rangers show up and they're like, "Okay, let's get him." And Kazu attacks the Die Ranger. Yeah, yeah. They have to restrain him and they bring him back to uh, Kaku's lair. Mm-hmm. And there they have him tied up to one of the like the posts, and we could see like on the sides of the mask he's bleeding. So it's like, oh, d- it's dug into his like skin. It's so vicious. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, and they're trying different things. Uh, Shoji has the idea. He's like, I'm going to saw that sucker off. I'm going to saw that sucker right off. He grabs a saw. And instead of Daigo going like, maybe we shouldn't just hack into my man's face right here. <laughs> he's like, get it, Shoji. I'll hold him. <laughs> and he like grabs grabs his, like the top of his head and his chin. Like cut that mask right off him. It's not a really well thought out plan. Yeah. Even if it did cut the mask, I don't know what they expect to happen past that point. But he swings the little the little saw at him, hits it. They uh Daigo and Choji are flung back by this yellow crackling energy. Yeah. And then he lifts up the saw and it's all twisted and mangled. Yeah. Like it can't be harmed by obviously ordinary means. And at this point, Kaku tells them that it's a bonding mask from Gorma and uh he gives that, the name of the like the ritual. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna get it. But <laughs> I'm not gonna. He he does the name of the ritual, and he also says that the only way the mask comes off is when he dies. Yeah. So there's no way to get Kazu back. Grim news. Elsewhere, at the quarry, Gorma fifteen are every, is everyone still fishing in hell. Everyone's favorite monster, Pep Pep. The four heavenly monks show up, and he's like, oh, you did the mask. Shadam really pulls out all the stops. Yeah. Still trying to fish this boy up. Yeah, he's using the kid fisher that uh, the silver tongue vagrant had. And sure enough, he fishes himself up a kid from the depths of hell. Akamaru. Yep. And what I liked is Akamaru's coming up from this pit in the, in the sh- like, it's in the shaft, and there's a red pit. And he's being pulled out of this fiery abyss, and these hands come up after him, and there's these gross-looking people. Like, I don't know if you ever looked up, um, seen like depictions of Japanese hell, but there's like, there's many layers to it mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. But there's some wild, 
wild, wild stuff. There is actually a horror movie called Japanese Hell that came out in like 2004, 2005, really gnarly. Check it out. But um, these people are all greasy and blotchy, and they're trying to pull back Akimaru, and he's all he's telling them to get get their hands off him. I must ascend, and they and eventually he does get pulled up, and then he puts the rocks back over the steam vent, and he, he thanks Grandpa for pulling him out. Then comes a shot that I thought was really cool. Yeah. Where there's like an art installation in the middle of this plaza in the city. It's like a silver orb that you can see. It's kind of like that bean in Chicago. Yeah, you can see through it. But as you pull back, it becomes like a mirrored, like it's a really cool illusion, I get optical illusion. Uh, But the crystal, we can see through it the crystal chasing Kamio as Ko looks on. Mm hmm. Kamio gets a like. He gets basically ran all the way to the edge of the river where uh, Gohan and um, uh, who else is with him? Well, we don't we didn't really explain why anything is happening. So they they're told that they need to find that. They're said, well, like maybe the die buster, maybe having all seven lilai balls together can save. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they're. They're looking for the seventh one, and Ko is kind of chasing it down and yeah. getting it because maybe this can save Kazu. This is yeah, this is an avenue. There's a possibility, uh, but Gohan and uh, Rin uh, come to Kamio, who's cowering by the railing now, just trying to pondering his new life of being chased by a crystal forever and being turned into a turtle intermittently. Gohan drops a bombshell on Kamio and says, oh, you're a turtle, bro. You're not a person. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're a turtle. <laughs> like, you don't don't worry about it. Don't stress. You're a turtle. Like, I know it seems weird, but let me tell you. He then goes on to explain the mythical chi, chi beast. Uh, Daimugen. Daimugen. It was in the Dai and Gorma War, but he, but he hated war so much. He, he wanted peace that he became a human to live amongst them and to avoid it all, avoid mm-hmm. the conflict. Yeah, he said he was one of the original Die Rangers. Allies yeah. helped many times. Yeah, and, and he, he went dormant for like the six thousand years. Has it been or something like that? But the energy, the recent energy, has reawakened the crystal and reawakened in turn him. So that's why he's like his inst- not his instincts, but his the latent energy in him is trying to return to his state, you know, his natural state, which is Daimugen. And Kameo's kind of shocked by this, and of course, if you hear that you're a turtle when you've been a man your whole life, you don't want to believe it. But at that point, Rin's aura changer goes off, and they hear that Kazu's in trouble and they need to help, and when he hears that Kazu's in trouble, he's like, oh, I like him. Yeah. I'll do anything to take care of him. Yeah. So he goes and he grabs the... He accepts the crystal. Yeah. And green energy overflows inside of him. Yeah. So it's like Daimugen is reunited with his uh, his Lailai ball. Yes. Um, on the roof where they have been following Kazu to because he's been on a mask rampage. Yeah, he's just running around. He goes up there and they, they're starting to fight him and the four monks are on the top of the bridge controlling him. And they're making him like they're making him take like back bumps on on the pavement on top of the roof and stuff mm-hmm. like that, on the tar and all that. 
The Cut Potros show up. Yeah. Pretty cool, too, how they show up, dude. It's like just a whole rank of them. And the boys transform. They get into it. Get a cool fight. Uh, when they see the Die Ranger, when Kazu sees the Die Ranger, he's he's really trying to fight everything. And he decides that he's going to kill himself. Yeah. So he goes to jump off the side. And Rio's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We might have a way to save you. Give me your Lili ball. Yeah. And it he hands it over. And then the priests, like overflow him with energy so he starts the attack again yeah he become now like basically all we knew of kazu is gone because now he's just a growling beast yes because he still had a little bit he was still fighting there's still a little bit of kazu there because as as we saw he's trying to commit suicide just to end it you know just to stop it yeah um rin and ko join the fight they come in and they transform and we we're talking about how it's cool that now Ko is just when he's keying and stuff like that. It's just little kid Kyo. Yeah, yeah. Byaku doesn't have to voice over for him anymore. They, so, go ahead. I was going to say they're gonna they uh, gather up their lili balls, their lili the lili jewels, and they uh, summon the cannon, the the bazooka, the chi bazooka. Yeah. And Gohan, Gohan does something kind of silly. Gohan takes the crystal from both Ko and. Uh, Cameo, yep, holds them together and just kind of like just gestures, just gestures and puts them in the air. Energy flows out of them when he combines them, and they go into the bazooka. And the eyes light up on the bazooka, and he stays. He states, "It has been given life now. The crystals have done their job." And he hands them back to Ko and Daimugan or Cameo. The Rangers, the ones that are not currently masked up, put the Lili balls into the bazooka. And remember, they do have. Kazu's Lili Ball, so they have all five to yep. make the blast. And they're kind of just hoping this works. So they bazooka him in the face. <laughs> yeah. And... Like, Sh- Shoji's like, you could take it, bud. <laughs> like, yeah. just, I hope, you know, I just, uh, but they shoot him. It hits directly in the mask. The mask splits open. Uh, Kazu's left on the ground. A ring of blood, uh, like a ring of blood encircling. Where the, the mask was dug in. Yeah. Encircling his face. Uh, he's fr- he's freed from the spell. The four monks are very upset about this, so they merge once again and become the four-headed beast. Yeah. And uh, Kazu transforms, and they do the first actual summoning of the bazooka, where yeah, they do... Full-powered, yeah. Black background, that it, all, it lands in their hands, they insert the star swords, yeah. and they fire the bazooka, and... It's a really great shot because we think that the beast is dead. Yeah. And he's knocked off the building and he falls and we see his gross talon hand yeah, hit he, the ground holding a Gorma grenade. He's clutching it as his last ditch effort and yeah, he becomes big. Yes. And when they become big, Ryuseo fall comes to the ground and they make Kiba Dayo. Yeah. And both are easily defeated. Yeah, he does the flaming sword attack where he shoots the Ho-Ho, mm-hmm. shoots the Phoenix. Dude just bats it back. Just, and, <laughs> and you know why they did this? Because they were protecting Dairenno because Dairenno has never been felled. Yeah. yeah and Kiba Dayo has been felled almost every time. Yeah, he has been. He has, he's been knocked down. So, like specifically knocked down. Dairenno has not been knocked down. I think I've seen Dairenno get hit once, but I've never seen him go it down. It was with his own sword. Yeah, so he's incredibly strong booking. Like, 
uh, Braun Strowman at his peak here, like kind of booking done right, exciting. But anyway, um, when Ryuseo and Kibadayo fall, Kazu, uh, Kameo, he is he feels the shake of these monsters falling in the earthquake, yeah. and he grabs his crystal and he lays down on the ground like a turtle, and he becomes Daimugen. Yeah, and Daimugen comes in and he does some turtle shooting. Some talking. Yeah. He, he's, he's adorable just as he is in Power Rangers. You said that he adorable. made a sound similar no, to he, a... he's... Yes. He actually made the exact... I put money on it. He made the like, exact sound of uh, Anguirus from the Godzilla franchise. You know, the Toho monsters. Yeah. Exactly right. Anguirus. Like, I would... Like, after this, look up on, like, YouTube or something. Anguirus cry. It's... That's it, man. Editor. Which is very fitting because they're both like armored, you know. Hi everyone, this is Dan from the future. And uh I just wanted to come in and say this is the sound that Angiris makes. And this is the sound that Daimugan makes. Pretty similar. Pitched a little differently. I don't know, though. Why don't you let us know on Twitter? I don't want to interrupt anymore, so back to the show. We see the arsenal of... A bit of the arsenal of Daimugan. He has these spitting cannons on the side of him when he's on all fours to fire at him. But the four-headed beast runs, charges at him, and kicks him and topples him, knocks him onto his shell. And he's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I'm on my, you know, I'm on my back. Oh, no. Dyrano thankfully comes up and flips him over and then pats his head like a good boy. Oh, yeah. He's like, what should I do, Ryuseo? Please yeah. help me. And when he flips him, uh, Daimugan goes up and he says, uh, Arigato, Ryuseo. And it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, he's like, are you okay, little buddy? Just yeah. patting him on the side of the head. Give him um, a little pet. The forehead beast. Well, I don't What's his actual name? Uh, they just call him like the, the monk Gatai. So like the okay. combined monks. Okay, well, the Gatai, he um, he, char- he fires an energy blast on him that Ryoseo Rio- takes yeah. for uh, uh, Daimugen. And then Daimugen, seeing that Ryoseo is hurt, starts messing around, stands upright, goes wide on a punk. Yeah. And go- goes into his warrior form, which is just a... Just tank. A, yeah, just a tank. <laughs> just a standing tank. And yeah, you get those, those sweet, sweet, like, uh, those... Like I the finger cannons. Yeah, they're like finger cannons. Yeah, essentially. And he lets Ryuseo in to recharge. Yeah, he opens up the shell. Opens up for a spot for Ryuseo to hop into. We get an internal shot of it where uh, green energy flows into Ryuseo, and he hulks up. And even Ryo is like, "Yeah, I'm strong now." He jumps back out, and uh, he he lands. Doesn't he land? Oh yeah, he does a spinning the flying whirlwind. Yeah. Does a flying whirlwind, and then to Coupe de Gras, this boy they, calls for the the seven beast Gatai. Yeah, we we get the the, the heavenly chi palace, the heavenly armored chi palace, the heavenly armored chi palace, and we get the uh, all six of them in a cockpit. Yeah, which is so, really cool. So it's so it's Kiba Kiba Tiger inside, inside the it. shell. Yes, heavenly chi palace on top of the shell. I mean, if you watch. Power Rangers season two, you know what this looks like. But if you watch or, this show, you know what it looks you like. Know, watch this show, you know what it looks like. But you know, for anyone who 
isn't privy or can't remember season two. Um, yeah, it's keep a tiger inside the shell, heavenly cheap palace on top of it, and they call for a crushing attack, where he uh, Rioso helicopters the staff, propelling them into the air, and they just come down on the monk. And, and yeah. What we saw in Power Rangers was it falling and then an explosion. Yeah. In this one, falling, we see... cut, hitting the ground, explosion. In this one, we see the monster look up. We see it collide with its face and break its neck. Yeah, this is like it... Com- <laughs> we <laughs> see... folds him. We see it land. We see its poor hand out from Daimugan's foot. Yeah. And then the explosion. Like an industrial accident. Yeah, horrific. I'm surprised that we didn't see a giant pool of blood become a wave in Tokyo. For real. Maybe just maybe this Gorma just didn't have blood for whatever reason, but jeez, it is a lot it's a it's 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 more gruesome when you show me the detail like that because like I said I've seen this attack in season 2. I know what it's about. It's awesome. But seeing what the actual Gorma went through where he basically gets his neck folded onto his back. Oh. It, I think it's worse because like you have a relationship with the Gorma now. Yeah. And the Gorma They're more a, than just mindless monsters that were made from a gorilla suit or a poster or a And each of them have a face, yeah. a human face. Yeah. And a personality yeah. and like Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Since there's so much more nuance to these monsters. I was just talking to Dan right before we started recording this. I don't like to gripe on Power Rangers in season two and, and like what it lacks compared to Die Ranger because it's really unfair. It's, they can't they can't they can't use eighty percent of what Die Ranger gives. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because Die Ranger is brilliant. And it's gonna in, be the same with Kaku Rangers. Yeah, so. in order to make it that way, it just it would require way too much money. Mm-hmm. Require way too much. So I give them slack on it, but. Now that we now watching Die Ranger and we do know the nuances of monster and they have their own personalities, they're living things. The Gormans are sentient beings, you know, real living creatures. They that just pray feel, to a different religion. Yeah, that feel and all that stuff. Seeing one get crushed, you know, like oh my god, that's right. Yeah, okay, this thing just just uh, I'm was that a million tons. Some massive amount of weight. Just destruction. Yeah. At the end of this, Akamaru is finally raised from hell. Yeah. And he has escaped, so he is covering up the entrance because he doesn't want to go back. He doesn't want anything that was down there with him coming out. He thanks his Emperor Gorma 15. And um, Emperor Gorma 15, he he just laughs. Yeah, because he that's how he likes to end episodes, man. Yeah, with, ominously. With his weird high pitched <laughs> giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Real every like I said, everyone's favorite Gorma Pep Pep. Gorma fifteen is a lot oh. like the baby from Mystere by Cirque du Soleil. Oh uh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. You just You've seen that? You just you've un- seen that? Uh, you just un- oh you you unzip me. <laughs> yeah, man, I saw that uh, when I was like 15. My mom's friend came into town, and she, as like a present of my mom, she got us tickets to Mystere, and we go watch that. And I remember that baby very well. <laughs> and his, like, was it his diaper that got stuck, or was his bib that got stuck on something? Like, he did a lot of funny stuff. There's but, a lot of funny. But 
he's creepy too. Yeah. He's very creepy. And I didn't know how creepy until uh you know what where so I just knew he was creepy, but I didn't get how creepy until I saw um grown ups. Yeah. Was that is that what it's called? Not grown ups. Not grown no, no, what am I saying? Not grown ups. I say Adam Sandler garbage. You're thinking about the um what's uh uh, about- uh knocked up. Yeah. Knocked up where Seth Rogan and um uh Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, thank you. Seth Rogan and Paul Rudd come to Vegas and they do what do they do? Acid? Mushrooms. They do mushrooms and they see that show, but they have a real close up shot of that baby's face and <sighs> uncovered nightmares like that, <laughs> that I totally forgot about. And now that's I'm gonna have a great time sleeping tonight thinking, <laughs> thinking about, about Gorma fifteen as that baby yeah, yeah. with that third eye that you yeah. know, all that red at makeup around his yeah. eyes. So the, yes. The next episode is The Demon with the Golden Kick. Yes. October first, nineteen ninety three. There is a man with a giant bird on his shoulder. Creepy bird. And Dan pointed out something that I really liked about this. Oh so this guy's driving around a bus. Mm-hmm. Filled with birds, avian kin. Yes, birds. Just a bunch of birds in that, along with this giant, horrendous, like vulture mixed with an eagle kind of yeah, thing. He's like a crow raven vulture. He looks like he he's he, a he's a culture culturevin culture almost sounds like a pastry. Culture. Can I please order a culture? What's in it? Uh, it's filled with blood. <laughs> it's, just, it's just raspberry filling. It's just you know, it's just spooky. Not in a gourmet bakery. Season, well, not in a gourmet bakery. It's no, fu- filled it's with actually child filled blood. with child blood. Yeah, in a gourmet bakery. But uh, this pastry is actually just crusted skin. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this bird, this bird here, looks like it was designed by Don Bluth. Yeah. Like it, it's meant to freaking terrify you in an animated film that was meant for kids. You know, this thing is creepy looking. When he gets out of the bus and he has it on his shoulder, and we see more of this guy, he's got like a poncho on. He's got some, he's got those, uh, those uh, round spectacle sunglasses, and he's got like a kind of like a what? Is it, it's, uh, what is it? What is it called? Lawrence of Arabia kind of kind of hat, hat yeah. you know, with the with the flap on the back, real homeless, yeah. real homeless. He's looking like he gathered everything from stuff people he's, were throwing away. He's one of those uh, very self sufficient homeless. Yeah, where he has his he, he got a van. He got his van and he keeps it keeps gas in it. Now and then he gets some copper together and trades trades that to like a mechanic if it needs something. You know, like he, he's he's doing it. He's mm-hmm. he's making it. But um, yeah, this vulture, this culture, this creature that sits on his shoulder, also has a red balloon. And you said like, "Oh, that's it." Yeah. Like as in Pennywise, it you know, as in Bob Gray, it. And that's real funny because it it kind of I like you know I reread that book every year. Yeah. And in that book, um, that's one of the forms it actually took was a giant, vicious-looking bird, because Mike. Mike Hanlon was scared of Rodan. Yeah. Which is funny. We're just talking about Anguirus, but another Toho monster. Mike was terrified of the movie Rodan. Mm-hmm. And it preys on your fears. 
So it took the form when Mike went to the old um, ironworks or the Kitchener Ironworks where there was a explosion during an Easter egg hunt that killed hundreds of kids. Yeah. Like, like just horrific stuff. You know, he he likes he uh, likes to go to these old old places and uh, dig up like a souvenir. You know, when he goes there, he's attacked by this bird. And now that I see this thing, that's how I picture it. It's hmm. really. It's really creepy. It adds another layer to it. And anyone that my point was anyone that that has also read it, I think you'll see that too. And adds a pretty, pretty strong creepy factor to this thing. But he sends it off. I said it because he had a red balloon in his mouth. Yeah, you said it because he had a red <laughs> balloon in his mouth, which is just it got it got my brain uh, tumbling away up there. And because it's a children's show and a monster with a bird, I knew that he was going to abduct a child with that. Straight up. Yeah. Actually, I think before he abducts a child, that thing flies at some woman's face. Mm-hmm. We don't see the results. <laughs> we don't see the results, but I have to assume an eye or both eyes were ripped out. Because this thing flew straight at a woman's face, and it was, you can only you can only assume that was the one outcome. Um, it cuts to Rio's house. Yeah, and Rio's sleeping in the daytime, and his phone's ringing, and he just stuffs the phone under his bed and continues sleeping. Yeah, Rio's kind. Of, uh, Rio's kind of like everyone, where we we keep hitting that that snooze. Oh yeah. We keep hitting that snooze over and over, or we set like five alarms. I hit it five times this morning. Yep. But Shoji is the one calling. Shoji's calling from the payphone. Yeah, so Shoji apparently had worked this out with Rio that Rio needs help waking up because he's he's getting run ragged. Being a ranger, working, all that. Being the world's greatest gyoza maker. Yeah. So he asked Shoji, he's like, hey, man, do me a favor and be my, my like morning wake-up call. Yeah, you give know? me a call. When you're out there riding. So Shoji's doing it and he's getting annoyed yeah. that he isn't way up. So he grabs his aura changer and he yells into it that there's a Gorma attacking. Yeah. Which gets Rio up. And when Rio gets up. Rio's got the bedroom of a psychopath. Yeah. He's got a clock hanging from a rope in the, the middle of the room. He's got alarm clocks all over the floor. This boy can't wake up. This is this is Dustin Hoffman hook territory, you know, where it's just why is there so many clocks? This is dangerously obsessive. What's happening here? You you know know how I wake up? I put the clock across the room so that I have to get out of bed to turn it off. That's why I I mean, I damned myself. I got myself way too long of a charging cord. Yeah. So it reaches my bed easily. Mistake. Yeah. Because you get yourself a short, this is a, just a hot tip. You know, you go into bed, your phone's probably like at 20%, you unplug it in, get yourself a short enough cord that you have to leave it on your, like, dresser or something like that. Like, when that alarm goes off, this is exactly right. You do, you have to get up. Yeah. You have to get up. So, once you're up, that's the hardest part. Once you're, once you're vertical, that's, you know, that's, that's when you can, like, all right, let's be an adult. Yeah. Let's get this done. That's a good tip right there. Just leave it across the room. Psychopath Rio hops out of bed and then Shoji's like, hey, it was a trick. Yeah. I just was trying to wake you up. Then unfortunately, the karmic forces are like, nah, that wasn't a trick. Let me grab this little girl. Yeah. And Shoji goes after the little girl who's being dragged away by this bird. 
Yeah, he, he gets her down, but gets her into a, a little phone homo- booth. little homage to The Birds, the yeah. Alfred Hitchcock film. They get themselves into a phone booth, and she's terrified, and she doesn't know what to do because she was just attacked by a giant freaking bird. Yeah. The bird grabs the phone booth, hauls that off. Yep. Crazy. He so, drops it like drops it in a quarry in a clearing. Yeah, and up rolls this bus, and our homeless man comes out of there, and he's got a wooden leg, yeah, and a crutch, yeah. And he comes up, and he's like, "Amigo, yeah. I'm gonna need that little girl." Yeah, and that's little senorita over. Yeah, and we'll be good. And he's like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." And he goes, "Oh, you think you could take this? You think you're gonna be able to break out of there?" And he has the bird pick up the pick up the phone booth, and throws it off a cliff. Drops it on the side of a hill, yeah. And, and this popped you pretty hard. Because it, it was really funny visually. There was also a part there with some bad uh, wire work we didn't talk about. Yeah, but, but we don't want to... We don't want to harp on stuff, yeah. But this can't be avoided. Can't be avoided at all. It's real funny. So it drops the phone booth. The phone booth uh, tumbles uh, head over heels, you know. We see uh, all the glass shatter in yeah, the phone booth. And there's a... There's a shoji and little girl dummy inside it, and this shoji dummy just lands directly on top of its head. So you just see a lifeless body inside it, look like it its life ended. It's it's really fun. Like I don't know, that's always been, um, that's always good for a cheap laugh. Is a rag doll, you know, being flung out a window or something like yeah, that, or like getting hit by a car and bouncing. Dre- yeah, over dressed it. dressed up as something like uh. Always sunny, you know, when Charlie gets, when they do the lethal weapon and they, and Charlie gets thrown off the building and stuff mm-hmm. like that. When he's just, when it's so clearly a dummy, I don't know what it is, but that's the funny. That's like real, real funny. It gets you real good. Mm-hmm. He manages to transform though, because tr- he's a ranger. Yeah. And they jump out through like light. Yeah. Well, he does the, the dash we've seen before. Yeah. But he's just holding a little girl. Yeah. And the vagrant transforms. Yeah, he becomes Birdcage Vagrant. Birdcage Vagabond. Yeah. Either way, Birdcage Homeless. Like, Birdcage... Yes. (laughs) And uh, Shoji tells the little girl to go to safety, and immediately he just, like, sucks her up into his gross nest mouth. Yeah, let's talk about him for a second. So he looks... Legs pretty much similar to his human form, but now the poncho's Cat. bigger. His whole torso is made up of a bird cage with a sombrero with a as a hat. Big old sombrero. His cane also acts as like a machine gun. Yeah, but it, it acts like that in his human form too. Yep. Yeah. Um. So he sucks the girl into the bird nest, and Shoji uh, calls Rio, who's now like, "Yeah, nice try. We already did this this morning. Stop with the stupid." You know, boys, boy cries wolf stuff, and then then Kaku <laughs> cuts in, lays like, down the law. Shoji's being attacked, dummy. Get there. <laughs> yeah. So he get there. Mm-hmm. When Kaku t- when Kaku tell you to do something. So Ryu comes up and transforms while Shoji's laying there on the ground, but he's this, too late. I like the effects a lot right here. What yeah. happened? Because Shoji gets sucked into the birdcage and the energy envelops him and we see the silhouette of him made up of energy as Rio comes up and grabs him but he's already become like incorporeal 
and like the energy flows through his fingers and he flies out. Yeah. And he's been captured and we see Birdcage World, which is like a bunch of fallen Roman pillars and the big gross bird sitting, peering, watching over. And the little girl's in there crying and Shochi goes over and kind of like says, hey, it's all going to be okay. We're die ranger. We're going to take care of this. Yeah. But I'm here with you. So the vulture is released and he goes to attack Ryo and the monster says, hey, you need to go tell Master Kaku to summon my leg. He goes, I'll release them when I get my leg back. Yeah. So, at this point, he hops in his van and he drives off. And Rio's left there kind of like, what? What is going on? Yeah. So, Zaido is walking around. He's drinking a can of soda. <laughs> I guess he's got a big old I, bag this, on his I, back. I feel like this was just a stroll. Like, he was just doing it. Like, I, maybe this is like a routine thing for Zaido. Goes into town, gets himself soda and a bag of... <laughs> Bag of Doritos. Yeah, something. <laughs> so, back at the base, Kaku is scolding Rio, like, hey, you need to answer the call when people come. Okay, don't be a tired boy, all of that. And he explains that the bird vagabond, he had a powerful golden leg, and one member of the Die tribe chopped it off. But nobody else could take care of this leg. So he was, fe- he was felling die, he was their greatest warrior. Yeah. But, the reason that this guy was able to chop off his leg is because he had a drinking problem because he's a vagrant. So one day when he was sitting there drunk, the die member came up, yeah. chopped the leg off, and it was hidden away in a canister and sealed by Master Kaku. Yeah. That was a one bad leg. That's, Kaku, a, that's a serious leg that, that like it's such a problem. That thing needs to be amputated. And Kaku was like, look, we're just going to lose Shoji. He's not getting that leg back. Nobody can stop him if he gets that leg. Yeah. So, get yourself a new blue dye range. Yeah, you know, because Kaku's always been about, you know, the needs of the many versus the needs of the one. Yeah. Um, is Yeah, so this is like, if you're an Overwatch fan, this is like Doomfist, but leg? <laughs> doom, doom. Doom kicks. Doom kicks. Doom kick. Doom, doom, doom. Doom foot. kicks are my favorite, Jordan. <laughs> doom kicks? Yeah. Oh. They're my favorite model of Jordan. The Doom Kick. That'd be cool. Maybe gold like his leg and all that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, meanwhile, the bird bus, because there's bird cages all along the inside, all along the outside. It's rolling up, and Zydos is kind of standing outside, and he laughs at him, and he's like, hey, man, I don't take orders from you, so you got to get out of my way. And he's like, I'll help you get back that leg. And he's like, nah, don't, don't worry. I got this. Yeah. So, he kind of puts his, like, wooden leg up, and he b- starts shooting at Zydos. And Zydos is like, whoa, 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 no, 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 I'm here to help. Yeah. Come on, man. He's like, he's I, like, don't worry, I'll be getting that leg back. And he takes a big old swig from his whiskey and lets it all run down yeah. his face. I like the dynamic of this disgraced Gorma, you know, yeah. like, being like, yeah, I don't care. I don't, I don't work for you. All I care about is my leg. That's it. I just want to drink. And have my leg. It's a very, it's a very, uh, never mind. It's a very selfish thing. But (laughs) Rio's kind of laying in the grass and he sees the bird fly overhead and he chases after it on his way to the quarry. And the bus comes out of nowhere and just kind of like tags Rio a little bit. The birdcage vagabond starts shooting Rio from his leg and his cane 
and the real ranger kind of just like jumps at him and uses his fire attack on the gorma and shoji like the fire kind of comes into shoji and shoji sees rio outside and he's like yelling at him that he's in there and the monster tells him the seriousness of the situation yeah. where like you don't give me my leg back i'm going to kill them yeah and if you kill me before they get the leg leg back they're going to die inside of me yeah it's similar to the the flame monster yeah i like kind of like stuck with this well we either stop this guy and we kill or we or we give in to them which ultimately leads to bad time for you now <laughs> yeah and he's like kaku has my leg get the leg from kaku and rio telepathically communicates with kaku and he's like can we get that leg please we got to get this little girl we got to get shoji it's yeah. all going meanwhile the other die ranger come out and the bird is dropping grenades yeah it, it, has, <laughs> it has grenades on its talons yeah and it's just flicking off and just dropping dropping grenades grenade on for people you, grenade for you grenade for you grenade little. for you Little punk, man. Yeah, man, uh, he's a butt nut. Yeah. And Kaku decides to give in, so he summons the pot that the leg is in. Yeah. And it comes out, the... and he kind of, the the birdcage guy kind of, like, threatens Kaku, so Kaku goes to drop it back down. He's like, no, 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 don't worry, I'll release them. And just as he brings the jar over... Zydos fires a laser rope around him and ties him up and destroys the case, getting the leg out, saying, he's not going to release them now. Yeah. Don't worry. And when he gets gets it back, Rio's like, release them. You got your leg back? And he goes, no, I want to rejoin the Gorma. I'm going to hand over this Die Ranger. That's how I'm getting in. And when they go to fight the monster, everybody is taken out by kicks from the golden leg. Because the guy, I mean, we're not going to tout about how great this freaking leg is. Yeah. Until, you know what? Oh, man, that just hit me. Reminds me of Tim Robbins' character from Pick of Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss that sweet dance leg. <laughs> we have to cut that out because I curse, but still. Reminds me of Tim Robbins from Pick of Destiny where he's just talking about how much he misses his leg. And yeah. it's like a sweet, sweet leg. <laughs> He also got like a poncho on and all that. Like, I mean, if you're missing a leg, you maybe have that's to wear the a look. Poncho. Is that the look? If I was missing my like, leg and I was walking around on a stilt like that, yeah. definitely would I be wearing a poncho? You have one of those army ponchos that are meant to like, like the being arranged. Are stuff. you telling me I wouldn't be living the full good, the bad, and the ugly lifestyle? Good point. If I was not, if I was walking around on yeah. a stick. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I think I would. I would go for like the Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. If I was doing it. Like well, I would have to lose both. But I would tie my jeans, even though I don't do jeans. I would do that'd be funny. Once I lost my legs, then I'd do jeans. <laughs> I'm I'm a strictly shorts boy. But well, you once could I always do jorts. Once I no no, because I got gotta tie them off. Yeah. Once I once I lose my legs, I'm going full jeans from then on out and I tie them into little nubs that are <laughs> unfortunate but at the same time adorable because it's just you know you know, a little <laughs> i mean i can't explain it but you you get the visual i get know. it I get yeah it. um and then i do the wheelchair and i like just i can't just stop cutting everything i guess like lieutenant dan and oh a headband 
Yeah. Headband, yeah. For sure, headband. And just, I guess, uh, I don't know who I'd be bothering. I don't know who would be my forest. Maybe Justin. It'd probably be Tony, honestly. Oh, man, I guess Tony. But yeah. Probably be Tony and Alex. That'd be really weird if that happened that way because both my parents, a little information about old Frey, both my parents are amputees. Yeah. yeah I, so I've, I'm very familiar with uh, that whole life. And Does your dad wear a poncho a lot? You know what? He ha- he had a few. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I didn't see him wear it, but like I actually have uh, an army rain, not a slicker, but like the poncho I was talking about, where you just stick your head in with the hood, mm-hmm. and the rest is just like a. It's kind of like a Bruce Willis and Unbreakable look. Yeah, that kind of deal. And he did have another poncho. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe you miss a light, but my mom didn't own a. Po- my mom doesn't own a poncho. Yeah. But yeah, maybe there's something to it there. It's it's just a good look. There's something about it where you have the drape and poncho, one leg, and then the crutch. Yeah, making your silhouette. You know, I don't know. There may be something to that. But both my yeah, both my parents are amputees, so I'm very familiar with the whole prosthetics. Because uh, my dad, my dad had a prosthetic um, uh, most of his life, and my mom did a prosthetic. Up until she was like in her fifties, and then she was like, uh, "It's easier just because she had like one of those old ones." And the way they made them back then were like, you, it was like strapping into a mech. Yeah. You know? So like from then on, she just did you know wheelchair, and I've been pushing wheelchairs since I was basically big enough to do so. But uh, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, that that be poncho look. that'd be very interesting. That'd be not ironic. I don't know what to call it. That'd be. I'd be just p- peculiar if somehow I lost both my legs and Started like because my because my my dad lost his left and mom lost her right. Yeah, that'd be interesting if good old Freddie lost both. <laughs> well, and if you want to know how my mom lost hers to cancer, but she kicked cancer's butt. We actually talked about this in an earlier episode. Did we? Yeah, where you said that your dad lost it to train. Yeah, that's that's the the cause. I always I always put mom lost it to cancer, kicked cancer's butt. Said she wouldn't live past 16. She absolutely did. And then my dad trained. Because <laughs> that was the kind of person he was. Yes. Um, anyway. I think it was Poncho- episode four that we talked about. Wow. Well, yeah, here we are. <laughs> I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about immediately. So when You were still in the hard chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not my uh, good old uh, stinky sweaty boy here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't so he, stink. It doesn't stink. Dan Dan gave me a ch- very comfy chair. Thank you. Uh, he summons the bird to come out and attack, and while the bird is flying out, Shoji gra- picks up the little girl and grabs onto the bird's talons, and he flies out and calls out to the die ranger, and he says, hey, do it. And Rio pulls out his die buster and just murks that bird, just fires one, it blows his face off, and he falls down dead, stiff as a board. Like super dead, super freaking dead, D-E-D. This bird, this this puppet hits the ground in a smoky heap. Yeah, and Shoji transforms. He is the center of attention. He does the full roll call. He's, He's the center boy. And he goes up and he says, don't worry, your kicks won't affect me. And the golden boy does jumps up and does his kick. And Ryu and Shoji jump up and they dual kick his golden foot out. The kick has not affected them. And then they lock arms 
and they do an attack together where they use his gravity power and they make his legs too heavy to kick. And then while their arms are still locked, they take out their star swords, cross them, and then use double chi power on both of these attacks yeah. to do the gravity and then Rio's fire. Mm-hmm. And it I, was awesome. You you say, I, like, I think it was my favorite episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see totally why, because we get that awesome combination that just makes us giddy for the other combinations that yeah. you know are going to happen. They got to happen. And also, this monster was dope. I really enjoyed his style. I like his, like... And they're working together. And they're working together. Because they have not worked together. Yeah, they haven't, like, they've... Few times we've seen the synergy here and there, like with the bullet train stuff and yeah. s- some stuff, but that was full on teamwork there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Also, we got Big Daddy Dyrano. Yeah. Uh, so when they finish him off with the dual attack, he snaps out and he pulls out his Gorma grenade and drops the bomb. Goes grows big. up. Unfortunately for my man here, Kiba the- Ranger isn't around. <laughs> so that means you're going straight to the main event. Yeah, that, mean, that means you facing. That means you facing Big Daddy Dyreno. Dyreno comes up. The Golden Foot comes out. They catch it, throw it back. Storm and stress. Yeah, the vagabond is dead. Yeah, they light. They do the lightning attack. Yeah, first, and then when he's primed, he's like, it like. <laughs> I like his line too. He's like, "Ain't I supposed to be winning?" Yeah, as he gets as he gets cut sideways, like, yeah, I'm. So, I I. I I, I like that even the monster is kind of like, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, like, why, why is this dude such a hoss? Dyreno is here. Dyreno has done all of the work. After the monster is dead, we see Rio walking to work and he's holding his box because I think he's probably doing a delivery. And Shoji pulls up and he's like, hey, what's up, man? Thanks for keeping quiet about how I was misusing the aura changer. And he's like, hey, no worries, man. It's over. Thanks for waking me up. It's yeah. Like, well, I'll hop on the bike. He's like, can't. I'm on the clock. And he goes, no, I'll take you back to the restaurant. Yeah. Here's a helmet. Yeah. And they do their lock arms thing again, like they did when they did the attack. Because I was saying, like, as it should be, if you're Power Rangers and you do something particularly cool in the last battle, you're going to be talking about it. Yeah. Outside of your suits, you know. But yeah, they ride off really cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And they ride off into the sunset and the episode ends. Our next episode, An Idol's First Experience. Really sexual title. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I didn't really notice the name of this title. Aired originally October 8th, 1993. So, Rin is, just got done shopping. I just want to talk about something for a second. Sure. Our last episode was a Kazu, Kokazu, Kazu block. This one, Kazu... Shoji, Reen. It's been quite a minute since we've had a Daigo episode, and I am very thankful for that because we had the amazing Rio episodes. Yeah. We had four Kazu episodes with one that was Kazuko. Yeah. And now we've gotten Shoji and Reen. And yeah. in the last episode, we were talking about a lot how Reen has kind of been hitting the back burner. Yeah, we couldn't, I couldn't say with any kind of certainty if I where I consider her on my rank yeah. for the Die Rangers. But uh, this episode... Because, Ka- hands down, Ko is number six. 
That's it. That's not changing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, like, sorry, bud, but uh, you're a little pervert. <laughs> you're a little punk pervert. I like, you know. You were extremely nice at Power Morphicon this year. Thank you for the experience. Yeah. No, the actor, top notch. Yes. Top notch. Excellent. But Co, the character, come on. <laughs> little fart sniffer, dude. Yeah. yeah like, we, 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 punk. Anyway, Rin is just got done shopping. Yeah. She's got like a bag with some apples and like a big thing of Italian bread sticking out of it and on her way. And she looks up into the tree and she sees like a little starling. Yeah. And something's up with it. She notices that like it's injured mm-hmm. and it's kind of like moving funny and it falls. She drops everything and charge it like she runs forward and she sticks her hand out and the starling comes into her hand and just as it's coming into her hand, her hand goes into another hand. Yeah. Someone across from her doing the same thing trying to catch the bird and it's this beautiful man <laughs> yeah he's he's a very handsome man like oh and oh, oh, well he'll how do you do you know like <laughs> gorgeous so he helps her like yeah. heal the bird and then he snaps a photo he, of like her. he sees like dang you photogenic there's no bad yeah. angle to you takes he, a picture of her healing the bird and the next thing we see, he, literally, he said he wants to, he wants to use her smile. Yeah, which is out of context, kind of scary. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, let's not, let's not focus on that. Let's Kissing not focus terms. On that. The next, yeah, out, out of context, out of context. Um, the next thing we see, literally, the next thing we see is our four boys charging into Kaku's lair, holding a poster, like a troop of chimps, getting wild. Yeah, four boy rule. I think we already talked about four boy rule. We've talked about four boy rule. Four boy rule in full effect. There is no control. Rin is out of the picture. Yeah. So we just have apes. We have apes going on right now as they bring up the poster to Kaku and is like, "Did you know about this?" And, and it's they, Rin. They unroll it and they're like, "It's not a lookalike, right? It's it's her. It's Rin, right? Yeah. It's Rin." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah." And Kaku gives them like a, a glamour magazine. It's. <laughs> The stores that you have to go in specifically for these, it's like just a book, a store full of picture of books of pictures of young girls. Imagine Kaku walking into the store and seeing like he was walking into that store for something else. And then he saw Reen and he's like, well, I guess I got to add this one to my purchases. This idle book. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what Kaku's like. Routine is. He wasn't at the bookstore. That everything's like a specialty store. So he was walking by and he went, Oh, yeah, I guess I gotta get some of this today. And they pull out he pulls out the idle book of photos of Reen and they're yeah. like they're going through it and they're like, Oh man, there's a lot of pictures of her in bikinis here. Yeah. What's going on? The boys are like they have it on the ground, like it's like it's it's like Grandpa's it's, Playboy, like it's the dirty magazine that they found in the alleyway behind their apartment when they lived in Foothill Village in 1993. Or though, am I telling a story about me? Yes. Or it's the <laughs> the one where um, did you ever see Tom Green stand up? Yes. The the one about the the one in the woods in the tree. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's exactly what like. I lived in the apartment. I think context. this is actually just a real, real thing because not only did that happen, but there was also uh, an episode 
of Always Sunny, mm-hmm. where the same thing happens where Frank tells the the like the teenager he's hanging out with because he's trying to be hip, he's trying to be cool, and he's trying to get on like uppers and downers and stuff like that. And teens know where to get that. Yeah. Anyway, I may be butchering his story. Anyway, but he's like, "Yeah, I can get you whatever you want." He's like, "Well, I want girls." It's like, "Yeah, I can get you girls." He goes out into the woods and fishes out like a a big gallon baggie, Ziploc baggie that has a like a, a like a nudie a nudie rag from the seventies. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm like, why is this story so common? Is that just a thing? Why is it that every little boy found their first book one of two places? <laughs> In their parents' bathroom. Yeah. Or in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that... Where... That's, so... That's a weird... I mean, discovery's gonna happen, yo. It's gonna happen in the woods. So, where I lived, we drove by it t- today, the Foothill Village Apartments. There's this little alleyway, and there were trees all down the middle of this alleyway, but it was a long one. And my parents told me I wasn't allowed to go in there. So, of course, I went in there. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of it, there was a sleeping bag. So there was definitely someone living in there. But there were lots of girl magazines all around. And it's surrounded by trees. Yeah. Trees and concrete. And that's where <sighs> a lot of people find their, like... Yeah, and this is Las Vegas. You could walk down the street, and there are going to be people mm-hmm. handing you those the card card slappers. Yeah, the card slappers, and back then they also used to just have like the pamphlets that had like the menu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know what it is. That's a human society is a trip, man. Yeah, real trip. But yes, they this discovery has all the boys just. Hooting and hollering as yes. they think of like what, what, what? Rin has this whole new celebrity life. They encounter her going on a jog later on. Oh yeah, and they're, she's and they're all and was it Shoji that was like they're being jerks about it? They're like, I was looking through this magazine. I say, I was like, man, this girl's real cute. It can't be Rin. Can't be Rin. Too cute to be Rin. You know, like, they're like, did you lose weight? And she goes, do I look cuter because I lost weight? She's like, yeah, she's not even. Off her back, you know, water off a duck's back, man. Not even phased by their little little uh, jabs. Yeah. Because she in love. Yeah, she you goes, can, you can't get those pictures without love. You can tell. All right, know. I'm off to my singing audition. Then we get a montage. Yeah. So we hear her out there, and she's taking photos and poses, and we hear a song that is a new song that's playing. And we find out that it's Reen's song, but she's doing a montage of photos where she's in like a nice sun hat and a red dress where she's in like her Chinese Chun-Li outfit. And yeah, he's got, he got, even got the hair up like like Chun-Li. Yeah. Right? yeah. And she I, takes I don't know photo. what that traditional style is called, so inform yeah. us. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, during the photo session in the the sun hat and the red dress, she takes a photo with her man. And they're smiling together, and she hands him the photo. And then it cuts to a helmetless uh, Ho-O Ranger. It's a good shot. And she's got the long hair, and she's holding up the lover's photo, singing her song. And it's really good. It's there's really there's good. a heart wipe and everything. Like, there's cool yeah, stuff going on. To her singing in the studio. Um, Got a question. Yeah. So, these the Dye Rangers make no attempt of hiding their identity. That's just been a thing yeah they, they don't care um except for 
uh, uh, Co. Yeah. But that was for different reasons. So her with her helmet off, did she morph for a photo shoot and she took her helmet off? Is I, that something that's is that something that's in the world, in the universe, or was that just for us? I, I want to say that's just for us. Yeah. But it very well could be in the universe. Because since they're since they make no attempt to hide, so yeah. like it makes me think that that could be in the universe that she did a sh- like but, and that could also be like how do you get famous real fast say oh i'm a power ranger or excuse me i'm a die ranger yeah i'm the you know like i'm the ho ranger uh yeah. it cuts to the star wipe where we see her doing about six different things but she's also recording her song yeah she's going wild buck wild and she gets dropped off at her apartment at night in his nice little red sports yeah, car uh, we didn't say his name yet did we uh, cause I don't think we learn his name until a little bit later. No, we, no, she says it here. His name's, uh, Takamaru. Takamaru. So she's dropped off in a fancy red sports car by Takamaru, her man. Yeah. And, uh, she, she gets out and faints. Yeah. She gets like a, um, a weakness spell, not yeah. like magical, but like a spell of weakness. Like you, you lose strength, and she nearly like crumbles. Uh, he rushes around the car and grabs her to make sure she's okay. And she's, she says, "Yeah, I'll be okay." It's like you taught me that, you know. Uh, how she put it, she said, uh, "She just handles the. Th- she's very modest about it, and she says she knows like she'll do it." Because she'll do it for him, you know. Yeah. Like, like it's okay. She has, she has the reserves. More, more or less, how I interpret it is that she has the reserves of love to uh, call upon. And uh, she's about to say that she loves him, but she just says, "I love the photos that you take." So, I'm gonna go upstairs. And then we, we, I mean, me and Dan already had an inkling, but as she leaves. We go to a uh, dark room where mm-hmm. film is being exposed, and he's he's there. Yeah, he's ex- he's uh, exposing film, and, and Gara's there. Gara's there. Yeah, and we get we see that he is a Gorma, and he has a true form. Yeah, where as we know him in Power Rangers, the showbiz monster. <laughs> yeah, here not 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 a uh, not so campy. No, he is the media sorcerer. The media sorcerer. Cool name. Cool name, like awesome for like a D and D campaign. Yeah, he looks very cool. His eyes are a camera, and he doesn't really have the Gorma eye, but he's got these like weird teeth in his like camera mouth. But any part of him that's not metal bits is just film wrapped around, and everything looks really cool. Uh, the next morning, outside of Rin's apartment, Ko meets up with the adult Die Ranger, and he's like, "Hey, she can barely stand, but she still went to the TV studio, so." Something's going on. You guys should take care of her. While uh, everything's going on, the guys pass a poster of Reen and the eyes glow red. And as people all yeah, over town... It was like, um, what's the name? Like Vigo the Carpathian, Carpathian kind of creepiness to him. Yes. Uh, these posters are turning people into... like she, When they look at him, they hear Reen like... Like saying they're giving out the chi power and like saying like we're all Gorma, come on, yeah, and everyone become 
gets like ogre teeth as they like look at Rin stuff, hear Rin stuff, and they gain tremendous power. Yeah, like uh, so scary power. Like they're they, in a group, and they and they, they get like nine eleven powers, and they like all raise. God, their, yeah, it's like it's like as a group they do their chi power and they're. They're like rupturing buildings. They're blowing out buildings. People are driving cars and they're blowing the engines out. Yeah, in these, these cars engulfed in flames with mm-hmm. people in them. Like horrendous, terrifying stuff. The rangers get there and they try to stop them and then they, they see for themselves they they have the wind chi power. Yeah. And then they approach this the media sorcerer. And they say, hey, when Rin's done singing her song at the TV studio, she will be dead. So yeah. they transform and they try to. Uh, he takes a photo of them and it stops them in their tracks. Yeah. So Rio tries to do the Chi Bomber all by himself and he, he sends that off and it hits the media sorcerer and his sword drops, but so does blood. Yeah, like a few uh, loops. Blood uh, fall down next to his sword. Yeah. And he runs off injured. Takamura is in the master control room of the, the TV studio and he's cut and bleeding. Yeah. And Reen comes in and she sees it and she's very concerned and she ties up his wound. And when she's leaving, he's like, Why'd you do that? And he's like, Because I like you. Yeah. All right. I'll see you later. Yeah. And this is where this this episode really. I don't want to say takes a turn because it were, at no point was I not enjoying it. Yeah. But this episode really like steps up for me because you see this guy like look at her in a way that's not like, I'll get you soon. And, you know, it was, it was more like, man, I suck. Yeah. I suck real bad. <laughs> the four die rangers see Reen performing and Gara quickly comes in and goes, it's already started. Yeah, there's a You're big proje- to... there's a big projector like or not projector big like one of those big uh, Times Square s- screens playing downtown of the performance, and uh, they're just kind of like oh no, and we cut to Rian and she she's performing and you can see the chi power leaving her and she's singing, and when she gets to the chorus of her song she collapses, and she stands up and she knows she has to finish the performance for Takamura because she loves him. And he comes in, He come, she goes back to singing, and Takamura comes in, remembering that she said she likes him. And he's, like, this is, this is really, like, it, the fact that she genuinely loves him is what ruins this man. Yeah. What ruins this gourmet, because... He was ready she's to not, kill her because yeah. every photo he takes drains her of her chi energy. Yeah, she's not performing for the fame of it or yeah. anything. She just has a muse. She has a muse in life, and that's him. And she and he has a muse in life, and that's her. And it's well, gosh darn it, it's it's heartwarming. It's actually I was like I was like I did not expect this goes away because in the in Power Rangers of the Harvey Garvey, you know, there's no footage taking use of this, so you just fight the monster in a very cool looking backdrop with the sunset and all that, which we'll get to, but that's all we got of the showbiz monster. Yes. The media magician or media sorcerer. Uh, wow. 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 It, like, it was incredible. Yeah. He saves Reen because he realized that she wasn't doing the idol stuff because she was vain and wanted right. to be famous. Yeah. Yeah. 
and all of that. And he grabs the photo and exits. We cut to Gara. And Gara's murking the Die Ranger. Yeah. And Takamura interrupts the performance and takes her out of the studio. Yeah. And brings her to the beach where he confesses. He's a Gormha man. And he and he he's like right now he's like cursing himself. He's like, Why wasn't I born a man? Why was I born a Gorma? You know, he just like I said, he's he's had this pained look ever since the reveal where you just really feel for it. Yeah. Because he genuinely loves this girl and he's just he's a monster and he can't he knows he knows he basically knows and it's like any tragic love story he knows this isn't meant to be there this doesn't have legs to it and it's you know it's going to end badly yeah um but he he confesses to her gara shows up and she she's like she beautifully says to him is like is like no you're you're takamura yeah you you're you are a man you know like don't you know don't treat yourself the way she you know just Ren is just absolutely just Precious, you know, and and she's showing that even though he's a gorma, love yeah. love has no boundaries. He, yeah, he fully exposes his heart, and she gives hers right back to him, and like it's 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 wonderful, Ren. But um, yeah, Gara comes up to Says, ruin this. Enough of this. Hey, oh. <laughs> you've chosen to feel things. Yeah, that means you're not a gorma, and it's your time to die. Yep, and that that has been established. Yeah, you can't feel crap as a gorma, you know, except. You know, hatred and, and laughter. Yeah, and laughter, having a good time <laughs> at someone else's pain. Yeah, yeah. but Rain, and she says like a, the, enough of this melodrama, and he stands in front of Rain who, first. Yeah, Rain goes Sorry. to aura change, and she goes, "Big deal. It's oh, a big deal. I don't have my cheese not sparking. Yeah, the cheese doesn't. Nothing happens, and she uh, Gara's gonna lash out, but he stands in front of her. Uh, she hits him with her like the purple whip thing that she does yeah and then he transforms into his gorma mode yes he uses the reels of film on him to wrap her up and you had a really good call on this so when he called when he wraps her up oh first before we get to that he also shows like another one of his powers which he opens up a projector screen when he wraps her up or he opens up a, a tv screen a monitor and in the monitor was footage of of rio rio seo blowing fire. yeah rio seo bl- blowing fire and it hits Gara like it was real. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But go on. And you had a really cool call about this. Because if you're going to tie somebody up, yeah, you better be prepared for that feedback. Because Gara charges happens. it. It always happens. <laughs> Gara charges it with electricity, releasing herself from the prison, but also hitting the media sorcerer. Yeah, he flies out of his Gorma form and into human form. And I think, I want to say that's kind of like, I feel like that's willingly. Yeah. Because, but he's like he's got a cut on his head. Blood is flowing down the side of his face. He's got a, a imagine a gaping wound on his chest because all we see is torn clothes and red there. Yeah, you know, as uh, as Rin holds him, the Die Ranger show up just as Rin is like kind of doing yeah. this. And Takamura says that uh, he ho- like in the next life he can be born a man. Yeah, so he could see her again. Real, real sweet stuff. She pulls the flowers from her hair and puts them on his chest as he dies. Yeah, he then goes to Gor- the back to the Gorman. That's why I was saying it was like willingly yeah. human for a minute just to see her one last time as Takamura. Yeah, and when he goes real back, Darth Vader moment. Yeah, when he exactly <laughs> when he go when he dies he perishes and he goes to Gorma form. Yeah, that's when she like, she stands up. 
all white. Yeah. You see yellow and pink chi coming off of her. Yeah. And she's walking. She doesn't call for the aura change. She just becomes Ho-Ho. Yeah, it's, it's a slow motion walk towards the camera. And it's so dope with the waves crashing behind. And yeah. Just, and she grabs Gara by the collar. Oh, yeah. Grabs her by the collar. And Gara, like me and Dan, had the all all sharing the same expression, which was like, Oh <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> she punches Gara, like just lays one into her super hard. Sends and Gara flying back. Gara's mouth is bloodied. As Gara is flying back, she throws the Gorma real, grenade. Real dirtbag move, man. And it hits animates his 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 husk. Yeah. Making him big and monstrous and thoughtless. Just fills him with rage. Yep. And she calls for Dyreno. Yeah. And we know what happens when Dyreno shows up. And, this, and it, we know what happens when Dyreno shows up at sunset. <laughs> this battle is short and decisive. The rage monster runs at him. They wait until he comes in. She gives a heartfelt speech about how, you know... She'll remember Takamaru. Yeah. Like, like she'll, she'll remember him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like you, and she knows this isn't... This uh, isn't the last time they'll see each other. Yeah. And he runs at them. They She calls for the They they pull the sword out and yeah. just chop him. Calls for the king sword and then she calls for the storm and stress. Chop him. He falls over dead. We get the resheath in the sun in the sunset. Yeah, the sunset is backdrop, which is just the coldest of cold yeah. for for like, you know, like Zord uh climaxes, like, oh my god. The the photo that she took with Takamura falls from the sky as she gets to the ground and it approach it hits the ground and Rin picks it up and she puts it near her heart. And uh she drops the photo into like the ocean as it's washed up by the tide. Yeah. And you see her like she starts singing her song kind of softly. Yeah, softly yeah. She walks into the camera as the guys stand and watch it from the background. Get a to be continued, actually. Yeah. So maybe there will be something later on for her. But excellent Ren episode. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Was super happy to have this block. Yeah. Hmm. Well done, Die Ranger, man. Wow. Yeah. You were really, you were kicking some butt in 93. I, I, I. I love these episodes. Yeah, man. I love every episode. Yeah, we're going to say that over and over and over, and you're going to get really annoyed with that, but you know what? Thank you so much for understanding. Like, I don't know what else to say about these episodes. Like, you, know you, you got everything that we wanted. You got everything that we had out of these ones. It was incredible. Yeah. It stayed incredible. This show's great. It's going to continue mi- Didn't to mi- miss a beat. There was no lull. They were all very well done, very entertaining. Dire... Die Ranger, I, uh, our good friends, and mostly speaking, I understand why they would want to start here. Yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate at the same time <laughs> because uh, we it like this is like the pinnacle for a little bit. Yeah, because uh, Kaku Ranger's not bad. Mm-hmm. Car Ranger's wild. Mm-hmm. Mega Ranger's great. So, yeah. Oh, I'm a very, I'm a, 
When it comes to entertainment, I'm a pretty positive guy. There's few things in media I actively hate. Like, yeah, even when things are, like, not as good as they could be, I find something I like in there, you know? Like, I can't re recall the last time I actively hated something. Oh, wait. Yes, uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> that movie actually angers me. I watched it on a plane. That movie that you... That you <sighs> I was trapped. There's... there's Three helicopters that get on in that movie and they all crash. Like, it's just, it is so, it is a mess. It is a terrible, terrible film. And I get really angry at that. And I don't do that with movies. I don't. I'm a very, like, easygoing critic, you know. So I'm not even really a critic. I can acknowledge things are rough and not as good as they could be or where the writing's shoddy, so on and so forth. But I always try to take away something I really enjoy so I can enjoy it, you know. Not Suicide Squad. Mm -mm. Nope. It sucks. <laughs> Movie sucks. It does. Anyway, that 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 pile of doo doo can get out of our podcast because we're talking about Die Ranger and how much we love it. Yeah, and we're gonna. I get. I mean, what, like you said, what else is there to say here? Nothing really. Nothing yeah. really. Just uh, thank you for hanging with us. Before we go on our whole path down towards the end. Yeah. We are currently holding a contest. It's not really a contest. It's a giveaway. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes store for our podcast, you are entered to win from our prize box. It's got some crazy stuff in there. It's got some Power Morphicon exclusive comic books. It's got the super rare second print first appearance of Lord Dracon, which is a lot of words to say. That was uh, a lot of words to say. It's got the legendary Megazord. It's got some of the Power Rangers legacy figures, some Funko Pops. We uh, there'll be some more stuff added to that too. Like that, that list will grow. Yeah, we are giving away stuff to people that are leaving five star ratings and yeah. reviews. So you have until January thirty first to yeah. leave your review and your rating to be entered into the giveaway. Mm -hmm. right? We'll be doing the giveaway live on Twitch TV early February. Yeah, early February to give all this stuff away. Yeah, we'll shoot for that. So, yeah, leave us a like the five stars shining in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you can leave us a rating and review. Yeah, on iTunes, that would be incredible. Heavenly cheese stars. Yep. And if you would like to get a different take on Die Ranger, where. Our friends, James and Nicole, over at Mostly Speaking Sentai, they take a group of people that have never watched Super Sentai before, put them into a random episode of Die Ranger and get their thoughts. It's a very funny show. Mm -hmm. They get local artists throughout Chicago always to do that. So go check them out. And after you check that, blah, blah. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We bring you new episodes every Monday and Thursday on your favorite podcatchers like iTunes, like Stitcher, like... Maybe one Anchor. Spotify. Spotify is now accepting submissions, so I'm going to do that. You may see us on week. the big green button, my favorite. And you can get us on your favorite podcatchers every Monday and Thursday. And if you like the show a lot and you want to support <laughs> you us. Thought, you thought, yo, this is kind of goofy and I kind of like that. But is there... Perhaps something per goofier. Perhaps one where they're just chewing on their underwear and insane. 
Have you ever thought... While watching a Sentai show? Yeah. Have you ever thought about what would happen when two boys go to Checkers and spend $10 and order the menu? I don't... Yeah, like, I don't know... And then talk about VR Troopers? Head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash powerplaythrough where we are dropping a new VR Troopers episode every week. It's real silly. I'm just pulling loose hamburger meat out of my pockets as I'm talking the entire time. I don't know if you're familiar with checkers or or rallies, uh, dear, beloved, sweet, sweet listener. $10 gets you some some grub. $10 makes sure that your hands will be greasy for the next eight hours. I have an issue as a grown adult now where I'm just going to have a, a layer of 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 beef grease <laughs> on me like you said for about seven days but it was delicious and man did i feel like i got my money's worth yeah definitely yeah. definitely <laughs> i don't know why yeah i guess another uh, way you can get your money's worth <laughs> is heading over to rainer.bandcamp.com where you can get a free download of our intro yeah. but while you're there you can also go ahead and listen to their other tracks yeah rainer did an episode they did uh, episode 42, Rainer Ruins Everything, which was our white light episode. Yeah. And uh, we're hoping to have the other boys on the show sometime soon. Yeah, we would so. get the other half and then maybe eventually just get everyone. When we're in a new studio. When we're in a new studio, we get everyone crammed in a room and we just have a real grease fest. Yeah. Well, that has to be in a new studio. That everyone, can't be in the Ranger Everyone's spending $10 at Checkers that day. Every single person. Danny won't. He's a, he's a fit boy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, you can you can take a cheat day. <laughs> um, we did the Patreon, we did the Rainer. Please, 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 please follow us on social media where you can hear my musings about my twelve favorite days of Rangers. That's when we recorded this one. Yeah, uh, where you can see Freddy post Reno nine one one clips every <laughs> once in a while. No, let me rephrase that. Reno nine one one clip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. All kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. You want to DM us for something, whatever, honestly, whatever, feel free. Do you want. You'll hear back. You'll hear back from us. Do you want for us to do a live show where we really drop spaghetti because we're not prepared for that stuff? Oh, my God. Ask no. your local convention to bring us out. We will gladly go and talk about the anatomy of the putty. We will <laughs> gladly come out and we'll talk about Cut Potros and their lipstick mask. Gladly talk about the infrastructure of Angel Grove. Yeah. It'll be... Horrible. It'll be, it'll be a real mess. <laughs> and if you want to see two boys embarrass themselves, ask your local convention to bring us out. Yeah. We'll be more than happy to go. Uh, I think that's enough for this outro. Yeah. I think I've let dropped him, enough. Let them be. Let them be now. Thank you. Thank again. you for listening. And uh, may the power protect you. <laughs> <laughs>